Hey there, language hackers. Shannon here to introduce episode 17 of the Language Hacking Podcast. In this episode, Benny and I interviewed Jane, a Fluent in Three Months Challenge community coach. Jane quit her job to travel around Europe in a motorhome with her husband after he retired and has been learning languages ever since as they move from country to country. If you've ever wondered about how to get more accountability in your learning, how to learn a new language with an unpredictable schedule, or how to overcome self-limiting beliefs like I'm not someone who can learn a language, you'll enjoy this episode of the podcast. And speaking of enjoying the podcast, if you've enjoyed this podcast, we appreciate your reviews. So a big thank you to everyone who's recently left us a review. It helps us make a big difference and it also helps us reach a wider audience. So if you find this podcast interesting or helpful, please let us know at languagehacking.com slash review. The links and resources mentioned in this episode, as always, can be found at languagehacking.com slash 17. Now on to language learning and our interview with Jane. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. And um, today we are here with Jane. And uh, how's it going, Jane? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Shannon. Hello, everyone. I'm Shannon. This is the Language Hacking Podcast, where we share the stories of language learners from around the world. And we met Jane through the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. She's learned a couple of different languages with us. And she also has her own blog. And Jane travels the world and uses these languages in all the places that she's going. So she has a really fascinating story. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you, Jane. Do you want to tell us how you first got into language learning? Yes. Hello to all the listeners. I started with French because um, in 2016, I had the chance to travel uh, with my husband. Husband took early retirement. So we decided to uh, quit our jobs and uh, pack up and leave England. And uh, we spent four months in France and our plan was to be sort of continuous travelers for a number of years. It wasn't just going to be for just a year. So part of my plan when we started traveling was to start learning some languages. So um, French was the obvious choice for me because I'd uh, studied it at school. Um, So I started and I stopped and I started and I stopped. getting discouraged along the way. I had, didn't have any sort of plan. So anyway, we carried on traveling. We spent four months in France. The first year we went down into Spain and Portugal. And then when we got back to the UK after a year, saw family and friends, I thought we're going to Germany. I'll start learning a bit of German. So we spent a few months in Germany and I learned German for a few months and then I dropped that. Um, and then I started um, with Spanish about six months later because we were in Spain again Um, and I did that for a couple of months and dropped that and started on the French again so that was my story of language learning up until I um, found uh, you guys at uh, Fluent in Three Months Challenge so uh, yeah and that's my motivation really is because we're traveling to different countries my plan is to to learn French Portuguese Spanish and German so that can cover me in lots of different European countries for meeting people and finding a common language that um, we can speak. 
So it sounds like you have a lot of flexibility in terms of where you can live. So how does that work? Okay, so we're uh, traveling in a um, motorhome. Um, we've always been into the outdoor kind of lifestyle. So uh, we had a motorhome before we started traveling. So that's that's how we do it. Um, and we've traveled throughout parts of Europe. We still haven't done Scandinavia or much of Eastern Europe yet. But uh, yeah, in a motorhome. So it's uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. It's a great way to travel. Uh, we've always got our home on wheels with us. Um, so it's a very easy way to travel and Europe is so easy in a motorhome or RV as our American friends might call it. And what was it about the challenge that kind of changed the start and stop and start and stop for you? Um, well, firstly, I mean, I came to the challenge to learn French back in the beginning of 2019 and I, you know, found some resources online, um, like Coffee Break French and that kind of thing and been through those sorts of things, done a bit of reading, but I think it was part, it was part of the whole community thing because then I started learning from other participants about different resources they used and a couple of resources really, really made a difference for me. And before I started the challenge, I'd never really spent any money on, on any sort of language learning. So I, the only thing I'd spent money on was um, Idel Sines, uh, his elemental sounds course. So um, it was almost like, well, I've spent the money now, so I've got to follow this to the letter and, you know, do the challenge as it is meant to be. Um, and it's been part of the community and, and it it really did push me to start speaking because I'd had an account on italki for ooh, over a year, but never contacted a teacher. Um, and it really started me, pushed me to do that. Um, sharing your, you know, sort of good things along the way and then, and then maybe not so good days with other, other challenges was great as well. Um, so that kept me motivated and, and the, the resources that I started using really kept me motivated and, and, you know, I still use those resources now. So yeah, and I really, really enjoyed it. I could see my progress after, you know, doing the, the videos day zero, 30, 60, 90. I saw my progress throughout the challenge. So um, yeah, I was super, super motivated and then, you know, carried it, carried it on after the challenge finished as well. And how would you say now that you're actually calling us today from France, how would you say your uh, French level is and what kind of things are you doing in French nowadays? Um, I would like to say I'm sort of a, a B, B2 level. I mean, I'm certainly conversational. Um, if I have to talk about anything really technical, then I struggle. But, um, you know, I can get around. I can, if I was living in France, I, would, I wouldn't have a problem in doing all my day-to-day -day things. I mean, if it was things like uh, legal documents and things, then I would struggle on that. But yeah, I can, uh, I can get around all the things that I need to do in, in a French speaking country. Um, and yeah, I'd say I was sort of, I still don't necessarily say I'm feeling absolutely comfortable speaking French, but certainly, um, yeah, I've, I've come a long way from when I started the challenge last year. Yeah. And it's not just French that you've studied with us, you've studied other languages. So how would you, what would you say about your progress with those languages? Um, the, I started learning Portuguese back in the summer last year. I was motivated to do that. Um, I wanted to get my French up to a certain level before starting Portuguese. Um, and I kind of started it with the same goal in mind to get to a conversational level. 
And I've I've been quite pleased with my progress. I mean, it's it's, it's okay. Um, and I've been sort of using the techniques that I learned in Fluent in Three Months Challenge for the French. Um, you know, I have a study plan. I try to review the week. I try to plan the week. Um, started much much earlier speaking with a with a teacher, um, which I think is is hard, but it's definitely pushed me pushed me further. With German and Spanish, I haven't touched on those for a long time because I what I really want to do is be able to get to a conversational level, so I don't forget it if I start a new new language because I you put in the effort and I don't want to have to do it all over again. If I, you know, start a new language, I want to get to that kind of B2 conversational level before I start another one. Really. What I find interesting is that you've been learning these languages actually while you've been traveling. And I know there's uh, traveling, like it in theory sounds great. You're going, you're going to be in the country, but ultimately it introduces a lot of problems and, and it kind of messes with your routine. And there's lots of issues that come along with traveling while learning a language. So how have, which issues have you faced and how have you dealt with them? I think I've got a, I, yeah, it's, it sounds idyllic. It sounds like, well, you've got all day. What else have you got to do? And, it, and it's, it's, that is, you know, people's perception is that it's very easy to do this while you're traveling. Um, but the reality was, for me, things get in the way all the time. And the only way that I found successfully to deal with that was by having a morning routine so I would get up I get up early get up between six and seven in the morning and I do at least an hour before my husband gets up and then I feel like I won the day anything after that is a bonus so the only time on the French fluent in three months challenge I did where I almost didn't make my yay day was when I didn't do it first thing in the morning so that's how I do it and uh yeah, I just make time for it first thing. But yeah, I mean, internet was a problem in different places. Um, yeah, other things just getting in the way, really. Um, you know, there's always something coming up. And it is the motivations because you don't have a routine. I think it's, I find it a lot easier when I'm in one place for a certain length of time. And then I can have a routine and I can set my routine. Whereas if you're constantly moving every two or three days, it's quite hard to keep that that routine and then keep the motivation going um but i just make sure i do that first thing in the morning and uh, since language practice can be such a key aspect of this how did you solve these um internet connectivity issues if you potentially had uh, an exchange coming up um well i mean i've had uh, different exchanges in different sort of locations um where the internet hasn't been that great i've you know we just ended up doing um um, audio calls rather than having the video on. A couple of lessons I've missed because I've not been able to get an internet um, connection. But everywhere I go, I, d I always do try to get an internet connection. Um, I might have to go somewhere where it's a bit noisy, you know, if it's in you know, picking up public Wi-Fi or in a, in a cafe. So, you know, I have got around it. It's not ideal, but needs must. And that's, you know, that's it, really. So it sounds like you have a pretty good idea of what works for you schedule-wise, doing it first thing in the morning. But as far as how you fill that time, like what you do during that study session that makes you feel accomplished, what what sort of rituals and, and learning routines do you have within that window? Uh, normally, I, I do a weekly plan. So I'll plan it first uh, at the beginning of the week, and then I sort of modify it as it's going through the week. Um, at the moment, for example, I have two Portuguese lessons scheduled in per week. So 
I always plan something before the lesson begins. So I would, that day that I'm having the lesson or the day before, I would, you know, do some preparation for the lesson. Um, reading aloud, I would do maybe 10 minutes reading aloud every day. Um, I try to talk to myself every day. Um, reading, that's an easy one. I use Link, do a lot of reading on Link, and uh, I use podcasts. I'm not a grammar person. I, I have to confess, I do absolutely almost zero on grammar. <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, so a lot of mine is the comprehensible input approach where I'm listening, listening, and trying to speak. I try to set myself a goal for French of speaking between two and three hours a week. And that's generally with language exchange partners now, not so much with a teacher. And then two lessons in Portuguese per week. So half, 30 minute lessons. But yeah, I try to do something out of the reading or the listening, reading, write, maybe not so much writing um, and speaking. Yeah, and to get to a, a B2, that kind of uh, vicinity definitely requires uh, a lot of focus, a lot of uh, um, like a systematic uh, use of the language. So I'm curious if you had uh, any overlooking system in place or if you had uh, goals within that time that helped you to go up a step each time. Um, I mean, I don't even know really whether I'm a B2 level in French, but I would always be looking to to speak two to three times a week. Sometimes I would record myself speaking and then listen back and hear some of the mistakes. Or if I'm not sure about something, think, oh, you know, how can I get over that? And then look it up. I generally use a deep L to, to look up things. And that, I mean, that's the biggest hurdle I think that I have at the moment is trying to get into that sort of upper advance upper upper intermediate sorry because you get into that rut of starting to use the same phrases over and over again and I think I you know I just need to be a bit more focused on on listening to what I'm saying and thinking about phrases that I can use um, and practicing those phrases as well so yeah it's quite easy to get into the passive passive learning which is just listening listening to podcasts for me because I just love to do that so you had mentioned earlier that one of the activities you like to do is talk to yourself. And I think for some people who aren't familiar with some of the techniques that you can use, that sounds a little bit strange. So you, can you go into a little bit more detail about what you mean when you say talk to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, when I first started, I started talking to myself and reading aloud just to get used to the sound, just to, to, so that I'm, I get used to what it's, I sound like speaking the language and also to get my mouth working um, because I'm using muscles that I wouldn't normally use in my native language. So that was why, why I started to do that. But also it's just um, getting practice in in starting to try and think in the language as well. So, for example, if I had a lesson, then I would have lesson notes uh, to read and then try to then, you know, while I'm out on a walk, just you know, go through that lesson again and what I, I would have said or what I could have said. And yeah, kind of just, just drill down into that really and um, just be a bit more focused on, um, you know, what I'm saying. And, and I, you know, I, I, I don't care now. I just go out when I go out for a walk. I mean, everyone's got a phone now, so you can just walk along in, in on a normal walk and just have your phone in your hand and people just assume you're talking to somebody else. So I don't, really don't care. I just think, well, you know, I want to learn this language. So I'm, I'm 
it doesn't matter to me that people think that it's a bit strange because you know some lady is walking along and speaking to herself so it, it gives me more practice and that's um the more I can speak and just get used to hearing myself uh, you know the more my confidence can grow I think now you you were mentioning before that your husband is retired and I know one thing that um kind of comes to mind to for people and ironically it came to mind for me when I was 21 I thought that I was too old to learn a language which is obviously it's just crazy but uh, for a lot of people they think that maybe um as you get older you just cannot possibly learn a new language so what would your thoughts be to that and did you run into that mental block yourself and how did you get around it um I think for me it's just that thing of limiting beliefs really I think I did have a limiting belief um I thought the part of the reason why I chose French was because A, we sp- were spending quite a bit of time in France, but also because I learned it at school and I had this thing that, well, I learned that a bit at school, so that's going to be easier for me to then learn now. Whereas Portuguese, you know, I started completely from scratch. I had absolutely no experience with the language at all. And I think, it, yeah, it's that self-limiting belief thinking and I think there's a belief around learning languages about, you know, it can take you absolutely years. It's, it's um, you know, people have a talent for it and this, that and the other. But, you know, we're in an age now that um, you've got so many interesting ways to do it and interesting applications to use. The technology is there. It's, you know, to to push yourself forward. And I think I, I remember listening to a podcast where, you know, that pe- people were talking about how many hours it, it might take to learn a language. And I think, you know, when you look at how many hours you learned at school in five years, well, it's probably next to nothing, really, because if you're not interested in a subject, you're not going to listen anyway. And, you know, I can learn, I could have done that in a month now. So, you know, that's, it's not so much say how long you've been learning it for. I mean, it's, it's definitely how much time have you put in? Let's look at how many hours you've put in. Um, so, yeah. So you've done a couple of challenges with us, as we mentioned, and now you're actually a coach for the challenges. So you've learned amongst hundreds of language learners. What are some of the common roadblocks you've seen? Um, Overwhelm, I think. You know, the technology that we have and all the different language learning tools that you can tap into now can create some sort of overwhelm. I think, you know, I was the same when I first started with the French. I was trying, I was going from this to that to the other, and then you know, really not feeling like I'd achieved anything. So I think um, that would be one thing. Just creating a plan. Um, I suppose most people think, oh, I just don't have time to learn a language. But there's there's definitely lots of things that you can do to fit little chunks of time in throughout your day and your dead time on your if you have to commute or if you're washing the dishes or if you're in the shower, you know, there are lots of different things that you can do. And I think it's the keeping the motivation going. I think people get a bit discouraged. Um, and certainly for me, I was discouraged if I didn't feel like I was making any progress. So I think that's why having a community of people around you definitely keeps you in the game and keeps you sort of motivated, I think. And you mentioned overwhelm. And one of the overwhelming things as well as the content of the language is the technology itself. And I think you yourself had a little bit of a learning curve when it came to using like the likes of Skype and Zoom. And how, how did you handle that? Oh, massive. Yeah, I just had to get, uh, get, get on with it. I know I can do it, um, but I hadn't really needed to use those sorts of uh, 
forms of tech- technology before. I mean, I didn't even have a smartphone until February last year. So, yeah, I had to learn how to use Slack, how to do Skype, how to do Zoom, how to upload a video on YouTube. I was using a camera because I, and then having to you know, transfer that onto my computer and then try and upload it. So there was all of that kind of thing to get to grips with in the, as well as big starting the challenge. So the first two, well, the first three weeks, I just felt a little bit exhausted and I felt, you know, I've just, I felt overwhelmed, but then I just calmed down a bit after that. And, um, you know, and I, I just think things are a lot more intuitive now. So, um, you know, for example, uploading your video to YouTube, it's a lot more intuitive I mean, I did the subtitles for my Day Zero video a couple of days ago. That's the first time I've done that. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a real chore. And then I did it and thought, oh, actually, I quite enjoyed that. I'm, oh, I was really chuffed with myself. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, it's, uh, it's just taking it slowly, just being logical about it and just thinking, trying not to become too overwhelmed with the technology if you're not used to the technology. And there's always, you know, if you are within the challenge, there's always somebody that will answer the question for you and, and help you out. And has the skills you've learned with the likes of Skype uh, come in handy in other aspects of your life? Yeah, I mean, I've been having quarantinis with my friends while we've been in this sort of lockdown situation. So um, I've been using WhatsApp with them, which I've never used um, prior to doing uh, the challenge. So, yeah, I think... Um, it's definitely, I mean, I'm even WhatsApping my mum now. I mean, we never did that before. So, um, yeah, it's definitely enhanced my life in other ways as well. Yeah. What would you say outside of, you know, learning new technology and learning new languages and actually sticking to them beyond that? What would you say the biggest surprise of knowing other languages has given you? Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it goes back to that limiting belief thing again. I think for me, I definitely think, you know, I can achieve things. If I actually put my mind to it and I'm consistent and I do the work, then, you know, I can achieve things that I didn't necessarily think I was particularly good at. So it's enhanced my life in that way in our, on our travels. It's definitely enhanced, um, depending on which country we're in, it's enhanced our travels. I would say, yeah, I'm probably, uh, you know, with, our, with doing our travels as well, I would say I'm just more confident in just being able to deal with different situations, you know, having got over lots of the, the things like the technology and um, just my fears about speaking another language have helped me in other areas of my life as well, I think, because um, I would say I'm just, just more confident in just, yeah, just dealing with everyday things, really. And for someone who's maybe facing that, similar kind of overwhelm with either the language or the technology required to learn a language, what would your advice be to that person? Just reach out to the other people. And if, if, if you're within the challenge, just ask questions. And there's no silly question. You know, nobody is going to judge you for any question that you ask within the challenge. So just, just ask the questions. There'll be a ton of help to come your way because people really want people to, to succeed, you know, and, um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to ask. I'm curious to, to hear what your, uh, your upcoming plans are. So you're currently in France and you've kind of gotten your friends up to that level, but you're uh, dabbling in Portuguese. And like what, what's, um, what do you see happening with your language story over the next years? The, the reason I chose Portuguese, I would, uh, Portuguese, I was thinking about Spanish next, but the reason I chose Portuguese was because we do spend quite a bit of time in Portugal and we were possibly in the future thinking about living in Portugal 
and the, the same would be for France. So I definitely want to get Portuguese up to a kind of conversational level so I can be, be kind of a fully functioning person when I'm in, in Portugal. And then after that, I would quite like to learn German because in Portugal, the area that I've that we've stayed in quite a bit, there are a lot of um, German expats. So lots of the things that I would go to, the common language is German. It's not not necessarily English, and and they will always speak English because they all speak English. But it's only because I might be the only person in the room. So I always feel a bit guilty about that, and I think you know it'd be much more comfortable for them if they could speak in German. So that would be my next language. And then Spanish, because, you know, it's uh, so many countries cover Spanish that if I want to travel outside Europe in the future, then Spanish would be, uh, you know, a good, good one to learn, I think. And one of the questions that we always like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast is, what is language hacking for you? Language hacking for me, I would say um, trying to just deal with things that, are relevant to you when you're starting out in a language just if for the vocabulary and things just just learn the stuff that's relevant to you so you can start um, communicating with people fairly quickly and ditch the rest of the stuff but also it's got to be enjoyable is you're not going to be motivated to do it if you if if you don't enjoy it so enjoyment finding maybe three or four um, tools to help you get to where you want to be um and just keep it personal to you to start with and then expand it from there no that's a that's a great way of summarizing it keeping it relevant to the stuff that you need to learn i'd absolutely agree with that so this has been a very interesting uh, glimpse into your language story thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story with us you're welcome i've enjoyed it thank you so much <laughs> Uh, for anything that you'd mentioned today, um, people can check out the show notes and they'll be able to find uh, links to various resources as they had come up in the conversation. But otherwise, um, thanks again. And I'll just wish everybody listening a similar journey to yours. And of course, happy language learning. Happy language learning. episode, Benny and I like to share a takeaway, something that stood out to us that you can make a part of your language hacking journey. Jane mentioned something in this episode that I think we all know, but it's always good to have a reminder of. There are no silly questions in language learning. If you have questions, you should ask them. Most of us want to see others succeed. And I know that in the Fluent 3 Months Challenge community, that's especially true. We tell our students all the time, don't be afraid to ask your questions. We'd love to have you join us in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, where you'll be coached by myself as head coach and community coaches like Jane. And you'll have a 15-minute conversation in a new language after just 90 days. You can find out more and join our waitlist at fluentin3months.com slash challenge. We'd love to see you on the inside. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.